clear, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. All right, welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline, powered by Station Casinos and the STN Sports app. That's Stevie Slapshot. I'm Dana Lane, live from the Brian Blessing studio. And you pointed something out, else out to me uh, before the break that I also wasn't aware of. And, and something else that Mark, our, our GM, told us that was going to happen. Uh, and he told me, you know, after you know Brian had passed, that we're not only going to make this the Brian Blessing studio... But every host is going to be required to name it as such and, and, and address it as such. And he's, he's, he's got a little memo up here. Yep. A, a white, you know, a black lettering on white paper. You can't miss it. It's huge in here. <laughs> so, so every host, every hour is going to mention that this is the Brian Blessing Studio. I think it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, just to get you uh, quickly up to date on college basketball scores. Auburn's opened up a 22-point lead, uh, 14-28 to go in the second half. My computer would... Okay. Ohio State, 14-point lead with five, just under six minutes to go in the game. Looks like they're going to cover, and that game's going to go easily under the total. And Texas Tech off to a fast start against Montana State, 19-point lead, just seven minutes in, and Purdue uh, early 8-4 lead over Yale. Okay, I, I'm watching last night, um, obviously, the Golden Knights game. Very impressed with their progression. And I think the one thing that we have not talked about, as many times as we have pointed out their deficiencies, is, well, will this group get better from, from where they are uh, to where, what we saw last night? And I think we definitely saw that, Steve. I, yeah. I thought they were they were they were not they did not remind me of a team that was thinking on the ice. They reminded me of a team that said we are going to take allow our abilities to take over. We're going to be physical. We're going to go to the front of the net. All those things happened, and the Knights came out with a W. Now, how do you feel? I mean, for the last week, we really were down on what was going on because there was no I – mean, everything was cloudy. Now, how do you feel now that a little bit of sunshine has, has found it's its a, way through? It's a good game last night. I, just, I hope they can follow it up. I think Florida kind of forced them into that game a little bit, though. But, but I, I did like the attacking nature. I, I did like you know everybody charging to the net as they were. Uh, Thompson was better in goal. Yep. Um, the defense was better in front of him. Um, consistently better from yeah. period to period. We've seen them come out and have good first periods. Yeah, but consistently better against one of the better. Uh, if yeah, obviously the best offense in the NHL. They did I thought they were pretty good. They did lose Eichel. We'll have to see what that right, is. We'll see what they. Uh, and that's another point. Okay, so they didn't lose Eichel late in the game. They lost him in the second period. Yeah, they they could have folded their tents from that point on. Whoever the leader is at this point not sure that that's from game to game but i guess you point to jack yeah then jack leaves and, and they still play pretty well yeah no they, they kept it up but it but it's a concern i, I think a lot of people are going to look at the hand 
Like I got a feeling it could be a concussion because in the first period, toward the end, there was, there was a he got kind of mixed up with a couple of different uh, Florida Panthers and went down kind of like a baseball slide. And I, th- I think his head hit uh, a knee of a Florida Panther, and he, he seemed a little woozy on the bench. Kind of shook it off and came back in. But I I got a I think there's a possibility. So you think when he got hit in the hand, he got a concussion? No, no, no. <laughs> When he when he, when he got hit, just trying to clarify. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. Okay, but but I just I because he came back from the hand injury. He he came back after that yeah. and seemed to be holding the stick just fine and maneuvering okay. I'm just wondering if the concussion police didn't you know between periods say hey we need to look at you know that that well that. then obviously he was good enough to come back. Correct. So then if he goes to a day to day status, then we have to think. Okay, well I mean nothing's broken. Or you would never have come back. Right. So if he goes to that sort of thing, mm-hmm. then maybe we have something to worry about again. Let, let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights' next opponent, which is a huge game uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. And, of course, everyone is at this point. But there's a lot of factors involved in the reasons why the Knights need to win. And there's no secret as you look at the schedule. the They could you know if i'm the la kings i'm not sitting and thinking i'm i'm in a good spot right now or at least i'm comfortable because the kings are the only team that does not have games in hand on vegas and if vegas starts to play well this is a team that they could catch but if they don't win this is not going to i mean this is going to be the dagger i think between the two teams so every game has this complete huge emphasis and we want to welcome in uh, Lisa, Lisa Dillman, who is the beat writer for the Los Angeles Kings mm-hmm. for The Athletic. And uh, Lisa, I know we uh, I had a, a bird tell me this morning that Todd McClellan wants to speak to the public after the after practice today. Is there anything? Uh, are you anticipating hearing anything in, in that discussion? Well, I wish there I wish there was going to be some big news coming out of it, but no, I think it's just a, a normal media availability because there's obviously no morning skate tomorrow with the afternoon game, um, and and they have not been doing any media availability on travel days, even though Vegas is you know what fifty minute flight, um, but they're starting to open up things a little bit and you know sort of. Um, lessening the restrictions and uh, and so forth and and i think it just just it's just a chance maybe to may possibly get a couple of injury updates although i, I don't really anticipate um anything huge on that front now what's the status of specifically as far as you know uh andrew dowdy uh, dustin brown uh, and in relation to that i mean what is dustin brown's future in los angeles well, that, that's a very good question. I mean, I, I think a lot of times when these injuries first happen, um, you know, you sort of assess and then you reassess. And, and it's, I don't think it's as believed to be as as um, serious as maybe at first thought, at first blush. Um, you know, he possibly, you know, I think could be back late, uh, late in the regular season or obviously the playoffs. Um, so he is... Other than you know, Sean Walker had had um, knee surgery, so he's you know he's lost for the entire season. So that's like a long term thing. Um, you know, guys sometimes have a way of coming back a lot faster. Alex Edler was supposed to be out for the rest of the regular season, and uh, you know, three months go by, he had surgery on his uh, ankle, came back last night, played 13 minutes, looked very effective. So his return was much faster than anybody could have expected. Um, and, and that sort of links to the question you asked me about, say, Drew Doughty. Um, you know, I, I, we will find out probably in a few minutes if he's making the trip to Vegas. But, you know, the, the, 
the early return of Edler gives them a little more breathing room, plus, you know, the victory last night where they don't necessarily need to rush Drew Doughty back into the lineup. Yeah, and you know what? We've talked about injuries here for what seems like, you know, two weeks now, and I don't know. It seems like the whole season, honestly. But, you know, the Kings are no stranger to injuries. I mean, maybe the names don't compare, but certainly when you have Dowdy on there and uh, Mikey Anderson and Dustin Brown and Victor Arvidsson, I mean, those are those are names. And, and the Kings well, have found a way to move forward and maintain their spot in the postseason. I think I think next summer they could you could put together a scrimmage yeah. of injured Vegas players and injured Kings <laughs> players. It'd be, it'd be fascinating, you know, a little three on three. Um, it, it, it is rather incredible. And the most interesting stat I think with the Kings is that all six defensemen that were in the starting lineup on opening night were were out. I mean, it, 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 it's it's incredible. Like like they've just. Um, They've had a bit of a revolving door uh, action going with their their AHL team, which luckily is right down the hallway. <laughs> that's, in the old days, that's a huge thing. Guys, yeah, they would have been flying guys in from Manchester. You know? <laughs> so yeah, by the way, know. that's in New Hampshire. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, not, not, <laughs> talk about feeling part of the organization. <laughs> but as far away as you can get from LA, practically without you know. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, you can you can like yell down the hallway, hey, you know, Christian will land and come on down. You know, obviously it's not like that, but I'm having some fun. Hey, Lisa, I'm going to talk to you about uh, Todd McClellan. I, I I have to when when you guys first hired him, I, I, I what the heck are you doing? What did he do in Edmonton that that you would want him as your head coach? And then he gets to the Kings, and immediately the style changes and. The, the the vibe in the room, I think, probably picked up. Now, it, did, it didn't um, amount to a rise in the standings, but, but they were getting up and down the ice. It was really entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. I, 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 thought, I, th- I thought they were playing better. And now this year, uh, they, they go on this run. Now, they've pulled off a little bit lately, but, but they're up to second. I, I didn't see any of this coming. Uh, talk to me about McClellan and, and, and how he's energized this team since he's been there. Yeah, well, I think I think the first the first when they hired him, they knew that this was you know the early stages of a rebuild. They were in selling mode. You know, a lot of the pieces of the championship team were being traded. So you know, there there was a, a you know they knew there was going to be a time of, of tough oh tough times really. And so he was sort of the, the right guy at the right time. And and I know there was some criticism in regarding to the Edmonton years, but you know if you look at if you look at what's happened since he left. You know, you know, maybe the coach, you know, isn't the problem up there. It seems to be a revolving cast of folks in in the in the Oilers organization, which is you know a story for another day. But I think he is the the, the right coach for the the situation that the Kings are in right now. And yeah, the you know, the other thing is that you just pointed out they are playing a far more entertaining brand of hockey. You know, the game against Florida. I, I was driving home thinking, oh, this is this is one of the more entertaining games I've seen in in a long time. So the style, the style is far more for pleasing to the eye, and and as you pointed out too, you know, picking up points right and left. Yeah, I mean, we see these guys. I mean, look, uh, Todd McClellan was fantastic when he was in San Jose. You know, has went far. He went to the quarterfinals, lost in the, you know, what four conference or two conference finals and three quarterfinals. I mean, sometimes it is not about, and believe it or not, I mean, people here. There's some people that don't want Pete DeBoer, you know, behind the bench. Uh, despite everything they've gone through, apparently it's it's his fault. And you know, honestly, you can't run 
your team based on what fans are asking you to do or what they want you to do because they're not there on a daily basis. They don't know the interactions with these coaches and how the relationships are with the players. You take them into account for sure because they're the money behind your organization, but you also, on the other hand, always have to know you know better because of your your immediate day-in, day-out relationship. So correct me if I'm wrong, and we've seen it in a couple couple different spots. We saw it in Vancouver this year. We've seen it in Winnipeg. We've uh, even Daryl Sutter going back to Calgary. It's not so much about a coach not doing well. In a lot of cases, it's just a matter of a different voice, a different philosophy, a, a different way to motivate, maybe a different system, but you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, these systems in the NHL are not all that different, and it's not something that other teams haven't seen before. No, you're you're right. It's 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 really easy to sort of, you know, it's it's the easiest thing to to bl- to blame the coach. And and you, I, I just want to say, I I think Pete DeBoer is is one of the better coaches in the, in the NHL. Agreed. I've always thought he was pretty pretty underrated. So you know, it's easy to point the finger. You know, people. People here are upset with the power play not playing well, so you know they want Marco Sturm fired. Yeah, st- <laughs> sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just the nature of the of the business, um, you know. And and like you're right though, it, it, the systems really do not vary wildly from from team to team. It's a matter of of execution, putting the, the right pieces in place, and then going forward. So it's. Um, you know, that's just this is life. Life and you know, they didn't have Twitter twenty years ago. So, so I actually am ple- you know, wondering what life would have been like in the Gretzky era here if they had had Twitter. But anyways, that's uh, I'm I'm digressing. Adrian Kempe having a fantastic career year for the Kings this year, uh, Lisa. I, when I first saw him with the Kings early, I, I thought, man, this guy's got potential. And then he kind of got mired in a you know ten to fifteen goal a year uh, run there for for three four years, and, and this year he's gone off. What's the difference? I think it's I think it's a comfort factor. I mean, this is this is not like Calgary where you know it feels like all all sweet and all Swedish team, but there's a ton of his countrymen. In the organization, I think it's maturing. I think also too, when you're a young guy, you sort of tend to defer to the veterans, and uh, you know you see Kopitar. Oh, Kopitar's open. I got to pass to him. Well, I think now he's he's taking more on his shoulders and not deferring and going harder than that. Now he just scored an empty netter last night. <laughs> we had gone, I think, eleven games without a goal. I don't have the stat right in front of me, but he, you could just see. The relief on his face. <laughs> oh, but anyways, I, you know what? McClellan is starting, so I actually have to cut this short. I apologize. They're, he's starting a little bit earlier. Yeah, that's okay. Just... No problem. No problem. But, Lisa, we appreciate you coming on. Lisa Dillman from the uh, Athletic Beat Writer for the Kings. And you were fantastic. We appreciate your time. Okay, thank you, guys. Take care. Okay. <laughs> there she goes. Yeah, and the thing about uh, Lisa, we were texting this morning, and she said, "Hey, you know, uh, there's a couple things going on. Todd McClellan is is holding a, a presser uh, after practice, and I don't know what time I'll be able to come on. They were supposed to come on the ice at 11, uh, and probably she thought she was going to have some some time. But we, it's, I wonder as we go into this game, and I remember when uh, this whole thing started up." about will the rivalry between the Kings and the Knights be there? 
just because of geography, which, you know, technically, if you want to be technical about it, the geographical rivalry would be with the Ducks. But because it's the Ducks. I mean, have you been to a game at the Pond? Uh, No. I mean, everybody's so nice and... Fans are good, and even the ushers and the guys that you know, in the in the media room, and you know, they're just nice people. You can't have a rivalry with that. Uh, no, no, you can't. And I'm not well, saying they're not that way in L.A., but there's a little bit more of an edge. So anyway, I just wonder. We've never got to that point. I don't believe. I mean, the Sharks took that spot for a while, right. but there's not. To have a rivalry, you have to have two teams that are... Consistently good. Consistently good. Montreal-Boston. A back and forth. Well, that's interesting with Montreal and Boston, too. Back in the day. Well, Even back in the day, Boston was consistently good against, against everybody but Montreal. Right. You know, I can't tell you how many cups <laughs> Montreal's won. I can't tell you how many times they've snatched... Uh, they snatched the Stanley Cup after Boston has had an early lead uh, in the series. And that has bled over to the regular season where the Bruins just have never really had success against Montreal. You know, obviously during the, the recent Stanley Cup runs that they, that they had. But I, I just kind of wondered, you know, where is that? I don't think, for me, as a person, I'm going to give you a little insight here. As a person, I like to have... A little bit of a nemesis. I like to have that person, and that's why, you know, just going back to Brian. <laughs> I mean, he was never my nemesis, but he was the one person where I said I would always say, "Okay, what did you think?" Especially when I when I started doing a UNLV hockey game, right. I said, "What do you what do you think?" Give yeah. me, and he would give me good stuff. And what you had to do is you had to filter through the. You know, you you stink things. Yeah, because that's not that's not really what he meant. But he did give me good stuff. But it wasn't like he was my nemesis. But he was the one that I always was trying to get a good job from. I like having an arch rival as, as oh, a fan I always of a team. Have. Right, I've always have. So yeah. not not um, not not personally, and I I, I don't I, I'm I don't like confrontation. If I if I have problems with somebody i avoid them well confrontation is different than a nemesis okay but but as a fan i like having an arch rival so i want i want them i want the vgk to have an arch rival i thought and it may still turn out this way that it would be colorado because there's a good team vegas looks like they're going to be a good team for a while that you know could could meet in conference final after conference final after conference final We'll see if that happens. I remember when, when you know, in seventeen, you know, Brian constantly asking me, "Who, who, who do you think is going to be the rival?" I said, "Well, again, you've got to have two good teams that are that are meeting in the playoffs year after year after year." You've said for, it. You said it right rival. there. It has to be. It, it's not only on the ice either. I mean, it, you've said it. This is the playoffs, the postseason. There has to be not only one year, but maybe a couple years of heartache. I know people kind of latched on to that San Jose thing because of the way they won that one series. And it could have been it, something. It, it could have been. It, it just but didn't. After that series, San Jose completely fell apart as Correct. a team. Correct. So Correct. it was nothing. 
Imagine if 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 Thornton was younger and still there, and Pavelski's still there, right? And 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 they're meeting in the playoffs, you know, VGK and, and San Jose for the last couple of years. Then then it would be a thing. Then it would be a thing, because you know Pavelski and and and, and Couture and yeah. Thornton would stir the pot. But it just hasn't been there yet. Correct. And and maybe it's something that is created for a long uh, throughout a historical thing boston does not like montreal correct despite the fact oh i don't know if you saw that picture with nick suzuki hugging uh bergeron at the all-star game which made my stomach turn yeah yeah. but that was a put-up deal oh that was a a a, you know a, a planned event all right so it wasn't like nick went and you know sought out uh, Patrice and they're like, yeah, we need to. Boy, you're my hero. That sort of. It was totally planned. Okay. So I I'm by not, which side or by both sides? I, I, and for what purpose? Well, it was at the All Star game. Okay. So that that it was a All Star moment photo. Okay. It wasn't like for, for again for who? For the league. Oh, okay. For the event. Okay. Montreal and Boston making good, and the and the and the league can promote that, and they think that's good. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm, just, I'm, just I'm telling you what happened. Well, so what? What? For, the, for because what? it's not about. Listen, the league wanted to. It's it is a unique photo. Do we agree with that? Yes. Okay. Would you? Would there be more conversation? And the answer is yes, because we're talking about it. With Bergeron hugging a Montreal Canadian, Nick Suzuki, then then it would be you know from Austin Matthews and Ristolainen and hugging each other. Or, <laughs> I suppose, except that Boston Montreal hasn't been Boston Montreal for a while. Really? Now. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? I mean, yeah. Listen, because the world doesn't think it's Boston Montreal. Doesn't mean it's not Boston, Montreal. The people in Boston and Montreal, okay, just like Toronto, Montreal is still a thing. That that's fine, but but you can't. You this is not a this is not a Kings Ducks thing. Okay, but you but but you said the NHL did it. The NHL made made that happen. How does that help the NHL? As a whole, the NHL. No, no one in the if a a Colorado fan doesn't care. It's a unique. If you're a hockey fan, you know how how that looks and how rare I, that I, is. I do, but I'm 62. The, 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 the younger people I already know watch more it. about you than I ever knew about Brian. Oh, right, I know. The, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, the 30-year-olds have no idea what Montreal-Boston is. How do they not? I was 20 and knew what it was. I was 30 and knew what it was. When you were 20 and 30, there was still some lingering stuff You don't there. think there's bad... In, in those cities, yes. Okay, so but here's... Not, not, not in Seattle. But if you follow hockey and you know hockey, you know that is... Wow, look at that. Except that 20, 30-year-olds don't know... They, they don't know that. Why? Because what they're watching they their team in Dallas. They they're watching that. the stars. They're, they're, they know nothing of Montreal, Boston from the 70s. Okay, so when I was 20, I knew of things that happened before I was born. 
I, I just I just don't think it moves the meter like it used to. I mean, to. I know the Beatles exist. I know Led Zeppelin existed. The Beatles were greater than God. Um, were they? That, that's what John said. Oh, here's a unpopular opinion. I, oh. I, my family loves the Beatles. Uh huh. Yeah, not me. Ooh. Huh. I just need. It's it's that s- sound that's not full enough for me. I know. I, huh. I I'm really. People are really jumping on my back. And there at this goes point. the show. I said today is gonna we're gonna be an agreeable show today. Okay, well we appreciate Lisa for co- coming on, and uh, we'll definitely have her on in the future. We're gonna take a quick break. Up next, Ben Verlander from Fox Sports. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree! Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. CSI Miami starting. <laughs> you guys heard our, our rant because uh, we forgot to turn the microphones off. But see, we scream about this after, even when we're into commercial. Just to give you an update, welcome back to Vegas Hockey Hotline. Uh, give you an update. Uh, Ohio State has beaten Loyola, Chicago 54-41. Uh, Auburn with 628 left leads Jacksonville State by 12 uh, 67-55. Texas Tech continues to uh, lead Montana State in a big way with 355 left in the first half, 43-20. And Purdue 27-21 over Yale with 735 left. And just in 10 minutes, uh, Delaware and Villanova will tip off. I should have known better. Everybody was on Loyola Chicago. Oh, I know. I know. I, should, I, I, just... I stayed away from it. I, I'm not even opposed to going NIT. I mean, uh, right. You don't you don't make more money from the books because you cash an NCAA ticket. Correct. I make the same amount getting an NIT tech ticket as well. So, anyway, uh, we want to welcome you back to the Brian Blessing Studios, Vegas Hockey Hotline, sponsored by Station Casinos and the STN app. And we're going to change up a little bit today because I get excited this time of year, and and thankfully Major League Baseball was able to come to their senses and you know, provide us with their product this year. We appreciate them finally getting that together. And um, we want to welcome in uh, Ben Verlander, a baseball analyst from Fox Sports. And and Ben, how great is it when you're firing up uh, whatever schedule platform you look at and then Major League Baseball actually has games going on, even if it's exhibition? I mean, that just just makes my blood uh, flow a little bit easier. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm not even – I could care less if it's not a regular season game at this point. I fire up my TV and got my computer running, and there's Major League Baseball spring training games going with fans in the stands drinking yeah. the cold beer and bombs getting hit out of the park. It's uh, it's really awesome, man. I didn't know if we'd be here just over a week ago, and here we are, so it's awesome. Yeah, so when the, the Twins were playing the Red Sox yesterday and – it, you know, it was a blowout game. Normally, I would say, okay, well, on on to you know the White Sox Cubs playing the split, split squad. Uh, I I didn't do that. I, w- I was just so happy to hear you know the crack of the bat and you know a bunch of runs being scored. It was great because no matter how angry we get at this sort of situation, when they come back, it's 
it's not about players and owners anymore. It's about the game and your love for it and what you grew up with. And I, it would be it would be sad and in a huge mistake if Major League Baseball didn't get this thing done quicker than later. Yeah, I totally agree. And that was, that was kind of the thing throughout it all. It it became tough as a fan to watch both sides go after it. And uh, but when all was said and done, you know what? Um, there's going to be 162 games played this year. They're not going to miss a single one. And now that we see baseball back out on the field and we get to watch these guys play, um, we, we needed this. This is the sport needed this. And, and thankfully, we don't have to deal with any more lockout stuff and we won't have to deal with it for years to come. But you're right. It, you know, it was it, it could have gotten bad. And luckily, they figured this out. And now we're back to baseball and, and people in the stands. And it's great. Does baseball have such a, a more of a problem resolving these things because of the differences between the teams in their league where, you know, the NFL is pretty much everybody's on the same page. There's no, uh, nobody to outspend somebody else by, you know, 250 million. Is it because what affects the Royals is different than what affects the Dodgers? And that's why it's difficult to get every owner to say, okay, we agree on, on, you know, this specific issue. Yeah, it's definitely tough. And there's a lot, there's a lot of disparity um, but you know, like every, every sport's gone through it. The NFL went through a lockout back in 2011. The NBA missed, missed a bunch of games not too long ago. And now this one, uh, it, it just felt different because we're in the age of social media and everybody was so involved. <laughs> Even Joe Schmo sitting on their couch at home, like knew every detail about this lockout. And it's like, yeah, you start to realize that, um, it, it is, there's a big difference in the, Los Angeles Dodgers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, you know, the fact of the matter became there needed to be, um, you know, there could be eight owners that held up the whole entire process. And that became an issue, I think, because, you know, there, there is such a difference. There are certain owners that didn't want to go through with it, and that's all it took. So it just took a little bit longer to get resolved um, because of that. And also the, the two sides were so far apart, man. Like it's been known for years that a lockout or a strike was coming. So I'm grateful that 162 are going to be played. Hey, I turned on my Twitter this morning, uh, Ben, and uh, I find out that uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are making a push for uh, Nick Castellanos. How, how likely, how big a push are they making? Is this, is this likely or is it 50-50 or is it totally up in the air right now, Ben? I, I definitely, I think that's where he's going to go. Uh, right when the, when the offseason started, on my on my show with Fox Sports, I did a thing where I predicted all free agents going, and my prediction back then was Nick Castellanos to the Phillies. It just makes a lot of sense. It still makes a lot of sense. Uh, I saw a little while ago that talks are picking up even more. So I actually think that's going to be something that gets done here in the next day or two. I, I, I think he's going to end up with the Phillies, and I, I certainly think it's more than just a, you know just a prayer at this point. I, I think it's going to happen. Freddie Freeman, we know, went to the Dodgers. Is that good for baseball, Ben? Is it is it good for the Yankees and the and the Red Sox and the Dodgers to to, to have all the best players and be the super it's good teams? For them. Or or is it better for you know Oakland, Kansas City, whoever to to also have some star players? Is it, I, we we always want that super team, right? And, and and you either love them or you hate them. But those super teams, I think the fans gravitate to, and and the uh, the the lesser knowns, um, you know, the, the the teams in the in in the bottom half uh, of the league, 
it hurts for their fans, but you know, in in the in in the U.S. of A., most of most of the people don't care about those teams, and they're following the bigger teams. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because one, you see, you know, Freddie signs with the Dodgers, and now you know you hear the term super team, but how they've had an incredible team for the last few years, and in baseball, that's no guarantee it's going to lead to a world championship. In fact, like. It, it hasn't lately. Look at look at the Braves. No nobody saw that coming. So, you know, I, I think it's I think it's fun to see guys go to contenders, obviously, but I, I also think it's fun to see star players go elsewhere. But we saw that happen the other day. Chris Bryant goes to the Rockies and the entire world is like, What in the world? Why would he do that? And it's like okay, look, I like seeing teams that aren't exactly gonna keep, compete to make it to the playoffs or win a world championship go out and get a guy that they can put on their team and get fans in the stands and get fans excited um, because I certainly like seeing less um, you know less disparity less uh, yeah there's there's five to ten teams with a legitimate chance and then the rest of the 20 just aren't going to be very good I, I'd rather it be okay there's teams with a with a better chance but at least these other teams are going to put a good product out on the field and that's what's been tough to me over the last few years is there's ownerships that just have appeared to not care at all about putting a winning product out yeah. on the field. And I don't like calling out the, the Pirates, but that fan base... No, call them out because that's, that's my team, Ben. Call them out. I'm so angry, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but my point about this is, and we know that the television contracts already take care of their ridiculous, minuscule payroll... Tell me how the Pirates and the Royals, and I mean, at least the Royals have won a World Series. Tell me how they turn around to their fan base, look them in the eye, and expect them to spend money on their product. Well, you're exactly right. And, and that fan base and you, the fan, deserves so much better than what they're getting because they're making all the money they can from TV deals. They're fine. And then they're turning around and saying, okay, why would we pay guys five million dollars a year when we can pay them five hundred thousand dollars a year and then finish a last place team and then what's the repercussion when we do that oh wait we get a top draft pick there's no repercussion at all and it's just a vicious cycle that a fan base totally deserves better of and and i think the problem instead of having you know owners going out and competing and and getting a super team i'm totally fine with what I'm not fine with is owners that appear to not care enough about winning as they should because the fan base deserves better and the sport of baseball deserves better than that. And I, and I swore I was not going to go down this road with you because we've been doing it for a week now. <laughs> I swore. But you, you brought up not only the issue but the team. And so, Ben, is it? am I reading this wrong in the new agreement – the the ceiling, if you will, with the luxury tax has gone through the roof, and then baseball turned around and threw some you know some crumbs on the other end to say we're going to expand the playoffs. Well, you're not you couldn't expand it enough for Pittsburgh to make it. So is are we ever going to? And believe me, I know there's not going to be a cap. You know that. I know that. But will there be a day where there is a floor at least? Yeah, you know, that's the problem with and I don't want to say the problem, but but you're right. There will never there won't be a cap. The union is adamant about it and the second you mention a cap, it's all all bets are off. But the problem with that is when you go to implement a floor, that they don't want to do that because there won't be a cap. So, I think there has to be 
repercussions. I think implementing a draft lottery is a good start, but we're going to have to start. Um, we're going to have to start like finding teams and organizations that continually are just a bad product and put a bad product out on the field because. You know, this, it does nobody any good to watch the Pirates be so bad and the Orioles be bad for, I at least think the Orioles are trying, but the Diamondbacks, like the Rockies, we need teams uh, to at least have a repercussion for not winning year in and year out. So I don't think we're, at least we're not going to be able to call it a salary floor because there is no way that they're implementing a salary cap. Ben, I want to get your opinion on the more playoff teams that uh, that Dana brought up. I'm, I'm not sure I'm in on that. I. I, I I like four teams from from each league, and 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 have them play a best of nine. So you want the clock turned back? No, I, I, I do. I I, I don't. Where need... races are over in the beginning of August. No, the, well, look, what, why do you have a regular season? Right, you have a regular season to determine who's the best teams, and then let, let those teams go to the playoffs. I, I, I don't want everybody in, and I don't want somebody to have a ten game lead by the first of August. What? It's, so so you're penalizing the team that's played well. I, I, no, I, they're I, going to the postseason. So, so Ben, they're going to have home, uh, home, yeah, home ice, home field advantage. Let's get Ben's opinion. Ben, ben <laughs> yeah. how, how, how do you feel about Sorry, having ben. more more teams in the playoffs? And and you can yell I'm at Dana if you like. <laughs> I like. Uh, I, I'm fine with 12. I wouldn't have been a big fan of 14. I think that just muddles down the 162 game regular season too much. I'm fine expanding it. I, I do. I love October baseball. Um, it's it's the best in my opinion, but I, I, I do think 14 when you're getting close to half the league would have been a little too much and we would have needed to, we need to fix that, but I am, I'm fine with it going to 12. I like it. And uh, we'll see, we'll see this year. It gets more teams and fan bases involved. Is there, is there a point Ben where we, I mean, I don't know how many labor negotiations down the road, but is there a point where we could get, I, I don't know, for my standpoint, you know, 28 teams in the playoffs. I mean, how far down the road do you think that's going to be? Yeah, I, I think we're I think we're a couple of years away from getting all thirty. <laughs> At in, least five, like, like a March Madness tournament. Here's the other concern for me, though, Ben. The, the the baseball that means the most is being played in the worst weather. You talk about October baseball, and I love October baseball too. But but the the, the farther we drag this out, you know, if we're playing games in November, you know, who, who's going to want to make good contact? Your hands are going to bleed. <laughs> Look. October, that's part of October baseball. And I remember going to, you know, Tigers World Series back in the day, and it was like 30 degrees in Detroit. And you got, you know, you can hardly, you can hardly breathe. It feels so cold. But I feel like that makes it all part of it. Uh, I I love getting to October baseball and all the tensions are high. And look, I'll I'll tell you, on, uh, on September 30th, when it's cold outside, it's hard to hit. But when it's October 6th and you're in the playoffs, you don't care one bit. You're just trying to win a game. You know, we talk about those small market teams, or at least, you know, that's what they call themselves or, you know, that's what they're being labeled. But, you know, at the flip side, every time I get mad about the economics of baseball, I look at Tampa and think, well, wait a minute now. I mean, it can be done with a minimal payroll. What has Tampa done that, say – you know, we'll get off of Pittsburgh, but teams like Pittsburgh, you know, what have they done to been, be able to uh, be competitive year in and year out? And I would have thought by now they would have provided a blueprint at least for the rest of the rest of the leagues in or rest of the teams in their situation that maybe they could have emulated that a little bit. But it still continues to be Tampa and everybody else crying about how unfair it is. 
I think they're just light years ahead of everybody else when it comes to analytics and and all that stuff. And you know, on my on my show, I've had the I've had a few different Rays guys on, from pitchers to hitters. I've had Tyler Glass now, uh, Brad Phillips. It, it ranges from a bunch of guys, and I ask them that same question: like, how how is this happening? And every single one of them says that the second you get to Tampa, they just get the absolute best out of you. And, and you know, it's kind of cliche, and, and you hear that a lot. But with their analytics and everything, they're able to, to make you the best possible player that you can be. And, you know, they'll, they'll say, okay, to a pitcher, to Tyler Glass now, they'll say, okay, stop. What you, you used to throw this pitch a certain percent of the time you're going to stop doing that and you're going to implement this pitch and throw this a lot more. And it ends up just putting these guys in the best position to be successful as possible, um, which, which can't be said across the board. And uh, you know, it, you're right because in the AL East, they've been the predominant, you know, they, they've been the leader of that, that division for a couple of, a few years now and roster wise, they're nowhere close on paper. At least it, it seems that way. If you look at, if you look at everybody's roster, but they're just able to get more with what they have than anybody else. And I think it's because of the analytics that they and, and the, the money and the effort that they put forth with analytics that, that other teams just don't. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know if other teams, like I hate to keep mentioning the Pirates, you did for the first time. Oh, they fleeced here. the Pirates. So, I mean, that's, but, that was right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, but, but the Pirates, I, look, I, I just don't know if, if – they care enough to put forth as much of an effort as they need to with analytics and mm-hmm. to win. And, and I would like to see a change there. Ask about Nick Castellanos. Let me ask you about Trevor Story. Where do you think he's headed? Is he willing to play second base for the Red Sox or does he want to play shortstop and so he's looking somewhere else? Yeah, you know, I, I just saw a few minutes ago that he's got it down to four teams um, and two of which weren't known, but the Red Sox were one of them. I, I don't know. I, I feel like my gut still says he doesn't want to play second base. He wants to be a shortstop somewhere. Yeah. Um, so th- that's what my gut is telling me that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be a second baseman. So I, I'm saying no on the Red Sox, but who knows? In the next 30 minutes, it wouldn't surprise me if it comes out and he's a Red Sox. We're talking to Ben Verlander from Fox Sports, uh, Major League Baseball analyst, and just a couple questions for me. You know, speaking of you know geography, and we were talking about rivalries. Uh, before you came on but you know in Vegas I, we're constantly scratching our heads with this major league baseball blackout rule how how is it that the Oakland A's are completely blacked out in a city that's 9 hours away from them which uh, our our proximity to that city has nothing to do with whether they're putting fans in the stands or not how does baseball justify this year after year to block out the A's and the Giants and I I get the Dodgers and I get the Angels but it's silly that the A's and the Giants are not on here I agree I think that's a big uh you know I think that's one of the big issues in in terms of of baseball things that need to get fixed for the betterment of the game um look I I know it's more than like okay you're you're within you're within range you got to just buy a ticket and come to the game i know it's more than that and it's about you know tv rights and all that stuff yeah. but but it, it is a problem you know like how much better would it be for the game for for somebody growing up in a city to be able to watch that team and grow up being able to watch them and and we're missing out on that right now and i think we're missing a key component to growing the game of baseball and i don't know the fix 
there's people that are paid a lot more than me and, and are a lot higher than me that are, should be tasked with fixing that. But I know as a fan of the game and as a fan of and, and wanting the growth of the game that we need to fix that because it, it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that uh, in Vegas they're, bla- they're blacked out from teams that are – they have no business being blacked out from and um, it, it does need to be fixed. I just don't know the answer. Well, real quick too, Ben, I, I, I do know when – that blackout rule would affect the Oakland A's is when they become the Las Vegas A's potentially <laughs> at some point that would prevent me at, at times from going to the park. Uh, but in reality, that rumor, how, how real is it? How close is it? I mean, we can feel, I mean, with the NFL being successful here and the NHL being successful and WNBA, I mean, you throw the league out, it's been a success here. Even the, our, you know, PCL team, which thankfully is going back to PCL this year. You know, I got to, th- I have to think I'm other teams and I'm looking at this market and I'm thinking, man, the excitement level and what we could do there. I don't understand how Tampa and Oakland, even with new stadiums long-term, I mean, that that kind of goes by the wayside. And at one time, you're going to have to say, man, we want a piece of what's going on there. And it has to be an attractive option for these teams that are just not drawing. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Oakland, whether they're going to move or not. But um, what I do think is that Las Vegas will have a team within the next few years. I mean, expansion is coming in Major League Baseball. I think Las Vegas is at the top of their list. Um, I actually hope Oakland. Um, I hope Oakland gets it figured out and they can do like that city. Oh, I do too. Just, yeah, the the Warriors have left. The Raiders have left, and and it's a fan base that loves sports. It's just no, they they won't invest anything into them, and it's an incredible fan base. I mean, I've been to some. Uh, I've been to a few different playoff games out in Oakland, and it is one of the best playoff atmospheres I have ever seen. But the stadium is just an absolute dump, and I hope Oakland figures it out and that team stays there. But I do think a team is coming to Vegas in the next, I don't know, COVID, uh, COVID messed up the expansion. I think it was coming sooner than later. So now I think it pushed it back a little bit. But I think within five years, we're going to have a team in Vegas. And I know that that AAA stadium that's there, um, I've had a few buddies that played there and said that um, that played at the new stadium and said that it was built specifically with getting a major league team there in mind. They're going to be able to build on top of that. Um, it is set up to be a major league stadium. So I certainly think we're looking at in the next few years getting a team there. I, I hope it happens because you're right. Everything and everybody that goes there, everything turns to gold. And it's just a fun environment and a fun place to watch a sporting event. Well, Ben, we appreciate you coming on, and we look forward to having you on again. I mean, I'm so jacked for this baseball season, and we certainly appreciate your time, and I hope you have a great weekend. All right. I appreciate you guys having me having me back on uh, whenever, and, and good luck to your Pirates this year. <laughs> yeah, good luck on that. <laughs> Just hope to stay in a race in, uh, in April. There, there he goes, Ben uh, Verlander. Baseball analyst from Fox Sports. That wraps up another day on Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Once again, we want to thank Case Kiefer from the Las Vegas Sun, Lisa Dillman from The Athletic, who covers the Kings, Ben Verlander from Fox Sports, covers Major League Baseball, and, of course, our friends over at Station Casinos, Chuck Esposito and the STN app. Stevie, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope the same for you. Can't, watch, can't wait to watch old Bruin Canadian games that I wasn't born but know of somehow.
All right, buddy. Well, we fooled him again, Marie. For Stevie Slapshot, I'm Dana Lane. Hoping everyone has a terrific night, and thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Take care, everybody.